Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clar and Company. Our blasting it's Broncos Blast featuring our correspondent Ian St. Clair. Follow him at Ian St. Clair at Mile High Report. Uh, we'll be talking Broncos over looking at the last decade of Bronco uh, success and failure, I guess. Brian Hart at Framed Art brings us this section. He is a best of Denver framer. He framed the nine game-worn jerseys for the holiday for Bradley Chubb. He does the same for the Broncos organization. We told you last week, Broncos came to him for uh, Pat Bowen's memorial. They've been coming to him for years. He framed the community award winner plaques and jerseys, Von Miller, Chris Harris, Walter Payton, man of the year candidate, uh, Justin Som- uh, Simmons. All of that. They've got 6,000 likes on Facebook, and they are the best framed art. 3065 South Broadway from personal to sports memorabilia and quality fine art. Go uh, to framed art. Follow them. Look at all the stuff they're framing at framed art on Twitter. What a time of year to be a sports fan. you got pro football playoffs are coming up, college football bowls, playoff games today, plus hockey and hoops. You can catch all the game action at Stoney's Bar and Grill, 11th and Lincoln in the heart of downtown, and Stoney's Uptown, 1035 17th Street, just a, west, just a block west of Park Avenue. A combined 88 big screen TVs will give you all the game action of every big game. Pre-game, post-game, every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill and Stoney's Uptown. Got to check them out. 
And we want to say a welcome and a thank you to our next guest, Ian St. Clair. Ian, thank you for uh, being with us a second season covering the Broncos on Clar and Company. And uh, you uh, help make this show special for the people who listen. Thank you and Happy New Year. Well, I appreciate that very much. So thank you, Michael. And thank you for the opportunity to join you guys two years ago and to continue to come on. So Happy New Year to, to both of you. And I, I think the, the needle is finally pointing up for the Broncos, thanks to Drew Locke. And that is a decade-long story, almost, since 2015 anyway, right? <laughs> How do you look at uh, the Broncos' decade overall, going from 2010 till today? It, it's a very interesting uh, 10 years of Broncos football because in 2010 you still had you still had Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow as the backup, and then the next year is when we went through one of the most bizarre and exciting times in Broncos history with Tim Tebow. And then, of course, the magic happens, and John Elway is able to bring in Peyton Manning. And uh, it was nice to see John Elway and Peyton Manning both acknowledged for how great they were and what they meant to the sport by being on the NFL all-time 100 team, uh, two of the ten quarterbacks, and two of them played in Denver. Rarely do you ever get to see one, but to get two of them, it I, I, I feel incredibly um, privileged to have been able to watch both John Elway and Peyton Manning. And Great those point. four years that Peyton Manning played in Denver are four of the best, not just in Broncos history, but NFL history. What's unfortunate is they weren't able to get more than one Super Bowl, but the fact that they were able to get one and to send Peyton out into the sunset, so to speak, to ride that cliche as a Super Bowl champion um, is incredibly special. And I think that's what allows the last four years of historic ineptitude and failure to to taste a little bit better because you still had that incredible 2015 season that ended with a Super Bowl 50 win and I Well you know they're think, one of the one of the few teams that played besides the Patriots that played in more than one Super mm-hmm. Bowl that decade and that is incredible. Yeah. And that's clearly the exactly. highlight. The, the Super Bowl 50 clearly the highlight of the decade. And what's the low light of the decade? What's the where they bottom out in your opinion in uh, this decade? I, I think it was. I, I don't think it was just one season. I think it was both seasons of Vance Joseph. I, I think that decision to go with Vance Joseph and to not just hire him in the first place, but to stick with him, are are the, are the lowlights for this franchise. Because and then you add in this season, even though it, I, I do think that it's the needle is pointing up and Vic Fangio is the right guy and Rich Scangarello is the right offensive coordinator and Drew Lock is obviously the quarterback. We're seeing historic ineptitude and failure, as I mentioned, with the first three straight losing seasons since Richard Nixon was in office in the early 70s. That's historic. That's not that for my generation. That's never been something that we've seen before, and it's it's different, and it shouldn't be acceptable. And I think that's why you were you're getting you were hearing my frustration earlier in the season because it didn't seem like there was going to be any hope or any light and now Drew Locke has provided that so I think it, it was the two years of Vance Joseph that were that were definitely the low lights and I I think the most interesting time in that decade was the Tim Tebow year I I, I still can't 
get over that. We yeah, there's no way to describe that. that. There's no way to describe a four game, uh, four straight comeback wins, uh, three straight straight losses, and you back into the playoffs and you beat the Steelers in the playoffs. That was that was bizarre, a bizarre football season. But I'll throw one other thing in here that we've all loved to completely gloss over, and we're talking about lowlights. <clears throat> Raheem Moore. Oh, There's yeah. no question to me that's the low light because that was a team that should have won the Super Bowl. That was the best team of this decade. That team was better than the Super Bowl winning championship. What is team. that like? Three seconds that live in yeah. infamy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I've told you guys this before. I've never seen a replay of that play. I saw it when it happened. I've never. I refuse to watch it again. That's, that's such, and, such a gut punch. And my and my not acknowledging it shows that I have completely <laughs> blurred it from my vision. Just like the '96 loss to the Jaguars. Exactly. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Another decade stopper from a different decade. Um, Ian, final thoughts on wrapping up the decade before we get into the uh, final matchup against the rival Raiders. I I do. do, What was so interesting about that whole Peyton, the the Peyton Manning era, yes, we had the the Ravens loss, which should have been a Super Bowl win. I I totally agree with you, Mark. I think that was the best Broncos team of the decade. But it was also that the completely uh, the lack of preparedness in Super Bowl Forty Eight. Oh boy! Yeah, very good point. That on top of uh, Peyton Manning taking a knee after that hail mary, that Raheem Moore. I still can't get over that Peyton Manning and John Fox took a knee with two timeouts and Matt Prater on on the field. But I still can't get over how unprepared the Broncos were in Super Bowl. Yeah, remember the video of that when John Fox uh, is quoted. You catch him saying after that safety, "I didn't think it'd be this loud in here." Remember that? I I never heard a team. I'm glad you brought that up, Ian. I have never heard a team say in preparation of Super Bowl, "We're not tight yet. We're still loose. We're not." Well, why don't you just get excited about the game? Who you know such negative of thinking. We're not tight yet. We're still loose. We're still loose. Uh, they missed they missed the game. They never showed up. And I, I think that goes back to John Fox's belief when he was when he meant when he when he quit Denver and moved on to Chicago and he said that there's that line about isn't winning the division enough. And <laughs> I mean that 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 ties in so well to to John Fox and and why they weren't able to get over the hump with him as head coach. Hey, let's get on to the Broncos. They get the chance to finish the season against the uh, hated rival Raiders, the last game ever against the Oakland Raiders, although you never know. Yeah, you never know. Exactly. Because he, they had, they <laughs> had before. years ago, he <laughs> went to L.A. and came back to Oakland. But, uh, you know, it, somehow this does feel final. But, um, you know, and, and a question for you also as you uh, analyze this game and what you want to see from it to go out uh, this season for the Broncos, did Deshaun Hamilton, resurrect his career and make himself a keeper with the the big catch games uh, that game that he had against the Lions I I think he put himself in the discussion I I think he still has to go out and show more than one game of that I I think what it does show is that Drew Locke has a good rapport not just with Cortland Sutton but with Deshaun Hamilton and I think he also has one with Tim Patrick and I think he has one with Noah Fant which should just add to the excitement that Broncos country should feel at this point because it's not just Drew Locke you have a young foundation that you can build on with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and Noah Fant Cortland Sutton uh, 
Dalton Reisner, and that's just on offense. On defense, they're going to be able to bring in some pieces now that tie into Vic Fangio's system that's just going to make that even better on top of the guys they're going to get back from injury. But I think Deshaun Hamilton's going to have to do more than one game to, to prove that he should be the number two or number three wide out. I, in terms of this game, I I joke with you guys that I've, I was put on this planet to do two things, love the Broncos and hate the Raiders. And the fact that there's finally going to be a meaningful game now between the Broncos and the Raiders, which is one of the things that people argue, which is they'll say that's why the Raiders aren't the most hated rival of the Broncos is because the games haven't been meaningful since like the mid-90s. Well, this game carries huge significance for the Raiders, and there would be nothing better than to end the season on a positive, get some good juju going for Drew Locke and the young guys going into the offseason, but to also end the Raiders' hopes of making the playoffs. And what would make it even better, as Adam Alnati and I joked on our podcast, was for all the things to happen for the Raiders to get in to happen. And then... And then the Broncos, the Broncos beating them is what kept them out. That would be, yeah, because there are like five ridiculous things that have to happen. But if those all lined up, do I get in a parlay in Vegas? If all those things happened and then the Broncos won, that would be, that would be delicious. As long as yes, I, would, I would love that. would be the best <laughs> Christmas and New Year's gift that you could give Broncos country. What's our prediction? I well, I went a little nuts on the podcast. I went sixty four ten on the podcast. I don't <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen here. Sixty four thirteen. I would love it. But I, I think it, I think it'll be more. I think it's more likely to be something like thirty one thirteen Broncos. I, I think without Josh Jacobs for the Raiders and the Broncos being at home, I, I really do think that Drew Locke and, and this team want to keep the Drew train rolling and pull into the last stop of Drew Sember and, and send the Raiders home and send them to Vegas as losers. Well, Happy New Year to the Broncos, Ed, and Happy New Year to you, Ian. We appreciate having you part of the show. Good stuff, Ian. Thanks, Thanks guys. Happy New Year. Take care. Thank you. Ram Roundup is next. The end of the decade. Kelly Lyle from LaCal Rodden and Mark Knutson look back. Biggest story and trends on the CSU beat since 2010 and their impact going forward. That's next.